0: Podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Dave Hendon. Welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. This week, I'm in Germany at the Temperdrom in Berlin, the German Masters, and we're going to be talking about snooker in Germany with Rolf Kalb, who's uh, Mr. Snooker really in this part of the world. He's a German Eurosport commentator. He's also master of ceremonies at the German Masters and the Paul Hunter Classic, and so on and so on. And uh, we're going to talk to Rolf a little bit about uh, the development of snooker in Germany. But first of all, Rolf, I always start by asking players, or whoever I'm interviewing, how they got into snooker, and usually British people say, you know, I saw it on the television, or my father brought me a sport table. I'm guessing it was a bit different for you.
0: It was. uh, First of all, thank you for inviting me. It's a great pleasure and a great honour. Well, obviously, it was a different way of uh, getting uh, in touch with uh, snooker, because as a student at a university, uh, I was working as press officer for the German Q-Sports Federation, which... uh, Of course, in Germany means mainly carom billiards and uh, pool billiards. But by that I got in touch uh, with Q-sports, with all variations of Q-sports, and uh, already then I fell in love with snooker. It was hard to get any information. It was hard to get pictures in Germany at that time. Well, and uh, the way it went on then in 1989... Eurosport uh, set up a German language service and uh, the head of German commentary at that time invited me because he knew me as a sports journalist and he invited me to join the team and uh, shortly afterwards we got our first uh, uh, snooker programs and basically I was the only commentator who had any clue about snooker. Mm. A lot of uh, British listeners of a certain age, they'll remember all the
1: great moments of the 1980s and so on, the Dennis Taylor final, etc., cetera, et cetera, Did you see any of that?
0: I saw some, but later on, because uh, when I started doing commentary work on, on snooker, I had to make contacts to the UK, call people, ask them to send me some VHS tapes. I had uh, to go to the during the tournaments... I went to the newspaper shop at the uh, railway station every day because they had British newspapers mm. for getting some results these were the times where we didn't have internet stuff yes. like that no streaming nothing so it was uh, really tough to to get information at that time mm. but you somehow managed to follow what was happening you understood you know Steve Davis I guess at the time would have been the top player and you managed to sort of understand what was happening in the snooker world I got more and more involved, and uh, then I also went on, on, on site for sub-tournaments where I could make some personal contacts. And of course, you, you know, uh, snooker players, officials, snooker journalists, it's it's a certain fraternity. Everybody had big eyes in the beginning. Who's that German guy? What is he doing <laughs> here? Does he have any idea about that game? And uh, obviously... Uh, they realised, at least I know a little bit of, about mm. snooker.
1: So how did you approach the commentary? Because I guess you would be aware that a lot of people tuning in would maybe never have seen snooker before, and you would have to sort of educate them as to what it was all about. Um,
0: of course. I had to explain the basic rules in the beginning, uh, telling you first have to play a red, and if you potted it a red, then you can put a colour, and then it's a red again, and stuff like that really the basics, because uh, there were hardly any people playing snooker, hardly any people knowing snooker, and uh, we had to build it up uh, from nowhere. And still, nowadays, that's not over. I don't explain stuff like that in every program, but I know that we are attracting new viewers all the time who zap into snooker by accident, Mm. and uh, they also start uh, at zero and I also have to help them to get into the game. Mm.
1: But a few, a few years into your uh, work with Eurosport on the snooker, there started to be ranking events in Germany. People forget that this German Masters that were out this week. This wasn't the first ranking event. I think there were three German Opens in, in the 90s. What, what are your memories of those tournaments?
0: Uh, well, in, uh, in Frankfurt, then in Osnabrück, and uh, the third one in, in Bingen. Uh, the one in uh, Frankfurt, to be honest, Wolfsnuck at that time tried because they've seen, uh, okay, interest is growing, so they wanted to try. Can we set something up there? They did it um, in the Frankfurt Trade Fair, a big hall where they built in uh, an arena, but it wasn't really a good atmosphere. It was too expensive. Then the next year they decided, okay, we try something different. They staged it in the sports hall of a a British army barracks in uh, Osnabrück. And uh, it was in December... And on on the second day, uh, uh, the heating broke down, (laughs) so everybody, including the players, were freezing. (laughs) So that also was no ideal solution. Uh, And then they went to Bingen into a hotel, which was a nice venue, but uh, basically too small to host really a big event. Uh, It might have been too early. The other problem was that they didn't look for Uh, German partners uh, uh, who would have been able to stage events like that in Germany. It was thrown into Germany from the outside, so it might have been uh, too early at that time. And you must not forget, uh, at that time, Eurosport didn't cover snooker as regularly as we are doing it today. We might have had uh, three tournaments uh, Mm -hmm. a year or something like that. Uh, we didn't cover all the tour like we are doing now. So only by covering the complete tour, it got more and more popular in Germany. Mm, because we're used to the temper drone being full, great
1: atmosphere here, but uh, it sounds like it was a little bit too early to, to be on the radar, be on people's radar.
0: It was still yeah, a mi- yeah. minority sport. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. It was, The interest was growing, but you can't compare the interest... Uh, uh, at that time, with the fascination and the enthusiasm we can see uh, today here in Berlin. It's completely different. Mm. So
1: was there a time when you noticed the interest was suddenly growing to a level where you thought something's sort of happening
0: here? I think that that has a lot to do with the Eurosport starting the regular Snooker coverage, which basically started with the 2003 World Championship. And uh, it really was a wave coming up. I was absolutely sure that there would be a lot of interest in snooker, but that it developed in such a way really also was a surprise, a nice surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, and it was growing and growing all the time, and still the interest is is growing. You also can see that uh, at the viewing figures. If you would have come to Germany, let's say, 15 years ago, and would have gone on the street and asked somebody, uh, do you know what what is snooker? They would have said, oh, oh, snooker? (laughs) Some new chocolate or something like that? (laughs) And nowadays, when you go out uh, on the street... Uh, and then they ask this question. People will tell, yeah, yeah, well, this kind of of cue sports. I, I, I've I've seen that. I've seen isn't there a guy? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ronnie, Roddy, something <laughs> <laughs> that has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Especially here, in Berlin. I remember a few years ago, uh, Sean Murphy had mm-hmm. some time off, and I asked him, uh, uh, well, what do you want to do? And he said, oh. I want to walk a little bit, go to the uh, 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 Brandenburg Gate and then this uh, uh, well-known street, Unter den Linden. I met him later on. I said, man, was it nice? He said, I only uh, got to the Brandenburg Gate. I said, why? Because people were realising, yeah. uh, me on the street, and saying, oh, Sean, can we have an autograph, yeah. can we have a photo, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he never expected that to happen mm-hmm. in Germany. Mm-hmm.
1: But it happened. So I guess the question, and it's a difficult one to answer, but why? Why has Germany
0: taken Snooker to its heart in the way that it has? Well, in my opinion, because it's a great game, it's a fascinating game, it's a thrilling game... And uh, if you give it some time, it's quite easy to feel that fascination, to get that thrill. And uh, people always are interested in good entertainment, and mm. snooker de- delivers brilliant entertainment. Mm.
1: But no, I mean, you'd you hear talk to a lot of the fans. Uh, is is there something specific about snooker? Is it maybe the the sort of the slow drama of it that they get hooked into? The fact that you have to really concentrate. Is there something specific about snooker? Do you think?
0: Well, it's it's. Mainly, I guess, it's uh, the drama, but mm. uh, uh, it's also the whole package. I wouldn't take anything away from that because all that adds to the big picture.
1: Mm. Paul a classic as well. It has been an important tournament. It started as a, as a pro-am. Of course, it was named in Paul's honour after he passed away, but uh, that, that's that been been going for a number of years and that sort of... Because the, the big sort of mystery to a lot of people, we were aware of this, this boom in Germany, but there was, there was no big tournament here until Barry Hearn took over, but that kept the interest going, didn't it? Because it attracted
0: so many top players. It was uh, uh, that event, of course. Uh, Also, uh, players were also coming because uh, they loved the atmosphere, they loved the enthusiasm. And uh, I must say, we had uh, quite uh, courageous uh, entrepreneurs, uh, Dragon Stars, Thomas Cesar, who dared to stage the Paul Hunter Classic, who dared to, to, to stage... Big uh, exhibitions at the uh, big venues, mm. and by that we we spread the message. Mm. And it it, it it was a team effort. Uh, also, also the the players worked on that. Players like Steve Davis, like Sean Murphy, uh, and lots of others coming to Germany and doing that promotional work. So mm. we have to be very thankful also to to these players. The perception of
1: snooker in Germany, certainly from a British standpoint, is you get great television figures. You get full houses at the tournaments, but you don't seem to have many people who actually want to play. Are there many places to play in Germany? Uh,
0: I don't know exactly how many tables are set up in Germany, but there are a lot of uh, Q-sports clubs, uh, there are a lot of commercial uh, centres where you have the chance. Uh, but snooker in Germany seems to be a sport where well, people like to watch it, mm. but they don't play it. You have also other sports. Uh, where it's uh, the same, like uh, table tennis, for example, or or other sports. And on the other way, there are sports which a lot of people play, but they don't like to watch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So effectively, in Germany, regular snooker players within the German Q-Sports Federation... It must be roughly three thousand five hundred, which is uh, not a lot mm. for such a big country uh, like germany and uh, that 's also one part part of the uh, explanation or one big reason, one important reason why there isn 't a German player at the uh, med at the moment mm.
1: does it surprise you though because in the British boom, what happened was it was exposed on television and and snooker clubs started opening up in every town i mean people really did want to play. It seems it's almost natural that when you see it, you want to do it yourself.
0: But from what you're saying, maybe not so much in Germany. Uh, Not so much. There are several reasons. If you just start playing and you don't get a proper introduction, uh, it's very frustrating. So if you go to a commercial snooker hall where there are no coaches, Mm. where you don't get any introductions, you pick up a cue... Uh, uh you pick up your balls you're going to the table try to hit some balls uh, you do it for half an hour and you're frustrated because uh, you won't hit anything mm-hmm. uh so it's a question of guiding the people which can be done by 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 sports clubs for for example uh but obviously there are not um, enough possibilities. So the the uh, figures are raising, but a lot of people then, as most clubs also, not only offer pool uh, snooker, but also pool and uh, other variations, and then. People say, oh, okay, that seems to be quite difficult. Let's have a look at the uh, pool. Maybe uh, that would be easier for me. Mm. Yeah, I've had a couple of German professionals, and there's this young lad, Lucas Kleckers,
1: who's, I uh, know, high hopes for him. I mean, how, how good do you think he could be?
0: I think uh, he's on a good way. He has the talent, he has the dedication, he has the mental strength. Uh, so it is possible that he can make the breakthrough, but he still has to make a lot of steps and he still has to learn a lot of lessons. And nobody knows uh, whether he really can manage to do that or not. So that's uh, the same everywhere in the world. or so Also in the UK, you've had a lot of prospects. People were mm-hmm. talking about, hey, that's a great talent, will be a great player, will be a great champion. And two years later, you have nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And that's one point. And the other point is, in in times like nowadays, you can't really uh, uh, tell a young lad who's interested and who's talented, okay, forget about your schooling, forget about your education, uh, go to the UK, try to live your dream, try to become a snooker champion. If it works, fine. But in most cases, it doesn't work. And then they come back, let's say, at the age of uh, 28, 29, mm. they don't have a proper education, uh, they don't have a job, they don't have a future. Mm. So you can't really uh, tell parents, please allow your, your boy to go.
1: Mm. Let's talk a bit about your role, uh, Rolf. We're at the German Masters this week. You're not just commentating, you're, you're the MC as well. Talk us through your sort of typical day, because you seem to pack a lot in.
0: Uh, yes, of course. Uh, especially in the days in in, in Berlin here yeah, are really packed because I also have uh, uh, lots of of uh, media commitments. I Also try to mix with the fans. Uh, they always have a lot of questions. Uh, well, I'm getting up in the morning, working, taking a shower, working at the desk, then having a breakfast. And this morning, for example, I was in the building here. I had worked mm, uh, on my hotel room for one hour, and I was in the building here at um, 11 o'clock, was sure to be the first one, and was wondering that Kyron Wilson was already at the practice table. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, uh, well, it will be finished midnight Hmm. or 1 a.m., whatever it is.
1: But the thing is you don't, you don't just call the players out, you, you do a little bit of, uh, of a speech, don't you? I, I don't speak a lot of German, so I'm not, never quite sure what you're saying, but what, what are you
0: saying at the start? Uh, I'm giving the information people uh, need, I'm trying mm-hmm. to create an atmosphere, it's a, it's a classic, uh, uh, well it's, it's a mixture. Uh, giving the information, which are required, asking them please which of your mobile phones, stuff like that, the usual stuff but on the other hand i also try to create the atmosphere to to make uh, the audience feel happy uh, and uh, to tell the audience hey great you are here because you are expecting you can expect something great so creating the joy for what's coming up because uh, my intention then is to have a big moment the moment when i introduce the players then it has to explode mm. so you have to get your audience clapping, you have to get your audience uh, uh, laughing, so I'm making some jokes, I'm chatting with the audience, I'm reacting on the audience, mm-hmm. and hopefully I manage uh, to create a good atmosphere and uh, then to, 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 to get the uh, big entrance for the players. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not doing that just for fun. Uh, the aim is to put the players and the event on a podium yeah, make everybody uh, uh, feel that he is uh, witnessing something very special and mm. something very great. And I think that also creates a special atmosphere for the players, which makes it easier for them to perform. Mm. You've been doing it a long time,
1: but I wonder, do you get nervous? Because when you're commentating, no-one can see you, they can hear you, but they can't see you. Stood out there in the middle, you've got everyone watching you, you're waiting to be cued in by the by the director, and you've got to hit the
0: mark and so on. Is that nerve-wracking? Well, when I, when I first also walked in front of a camera, right, it was very strange uh, for <laughs> me, and uh, I, I was a little bit unsure, and well, I watched it later on. I thought, oh, God, if, uh, <laughs> uh, that could be done better. I think I've gained some experience now how to handle it, and I'm, I'm not nervous. I, I'm very concentrated, uh, but I also uh, like that way of working, working together with an audience. I also do that for exhibitions, for example, oh. where I carry them through all the evening, uh, because. You're a commentator yourself, so we are sitting in our commentary booth, Mm -hmm. Uh, we are trying to give it our best, but we don't get any immediate reaction by the audience. And when you're working in front of an audience, you feel immediately, was it good, was it not so good? Do you get the reaction? Do you get the crowd going or not? What do you have to uh, to do? That's a completely... Different way of, of working, that's a different experience, but I love this experience. Mm. I love to do both.
1: Mm. In terms of commentary, because snooker is not the only sport you do, is it? What, what, what other sports do you do? You
0: do? Uh, mainly rowing and uh, also dancing, and uh, <laughs> there are a few other sports where I'm not doing a lot. I'm doing some darts, some bowls I've done, uh, but my main sports are, well, my main sport. Is snooker 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 <laughs> and uh then it's rowing you did the boat race i think don't you yeah yeah, yeah. and dancing well
1: how how did you come come across that
0: oh, well that's basically because uh my wife and me used to dance okay because when we met uh, in the in our early 20s we looked for a sport uh, which we can do together mm. so we started just normal social dancing and uh, uh, we got very interested, and we loved it. And so we went on. We never had a, a big career, but uh, we were part of a, of a dancing crew of a formation, uh, also publicly uh, performing. So you could book us, and we were would yeah. come to right. yeah. to your party or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, does that does that offer
1: still hold, or can we still book you now? Uh,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's gone. <laughs> that's gone. After one and a half minutes, I I, I will be dead. <laughs> uh, well, but that was the way uh, I got introduced into dancing and uh, then I also picked up uh, doing commentary on that. In terms of snooker commentary,
1: this might be an unfair question, but do you have favourite players to commentate on? No. Uh,
0: that's also uh, something a lot of fans are asking me. Uh, but... I definitely don't have a favourite player because I love the variety of the different styles. I think that's one of the fascinating points of snooker, that there are such a lot of different ways of having success, of winning matches, winning frames, mm. uh, and so on. And therefore, I don't have a favourite player. Okay, But they're long
1: days for you, aren't they? Because you do pretty much everything, particularly the World Championship. You, 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 you don't mind doing
0: three sessions a day. No. I even prefer doing three sessions a day Uh, because that gives me the feeling of really being part of of the tournament. Mm -hmm. Not just being a journalist looking from the outside doing his job, uh, but by doing every session I'm really uh, a part of of, uh, the event and that allows me to to develop the the right feeling and the right mood, also to bring that over to to my viewers, hopefully. Mm And, but
1: you have had recognition, haven't you? I mean, I've seen a lot of people here sort of stop you and ask for pictures and so on. Is is that nice that the, that the people are, are obviously grateful
0: for the the way you've sort of educated them? Of uh, well, of, of of course, like like everybody, <coughs> sorry, like everybody, I'm happy when there are people who like what I'm doing. Mm. So by. Uh, saying hello to me, uh, making a photo, asking for an autograph. Uh, they show their appreciation for what I'm doing and uh, I would be ignorant if I wouldn't mm. be happy about that. Mm.
1: So how much more can snook grow in Germany? I mean, the figures can only, I guess, go up so much, but it seems in a very healthy state
0: right now. Yeah, it's in in a healthy state, uh, also in my eyes, uh, especially as we managed to create that interest in snooker without having a German top player. Mm. You see, what happened in uh, tennis, for example, uh, when we had the breakthrough of Boris Becker, we had Michael Stich, we had uh, Steffi Graf, tennis in Germany was going through the roof, everybody was a tennis fan, everybody was a tennis expert, it was a big boom. But when these three stopped their careers, it went down again Mm. where it started. And by having such a lot of interest in snooker without having the German player, in my eyes, that means people are interested mainly in the game. Mm. And that doesn't depend on certain players, which I think is a much healthier basis for the game in Germany. Mm. And we've seen, we're recording this on the semi-finals day in Berlin,
1: the, the uh, four players who came through, all terrific players, but maybe they're not star names necessarily. You know, we haven't got Ronnie O'Sullivan, Neil Robertson, but it was still packed, which tells you they're coming to watch the
0: game rather than necessarily, I'll go if so and so's playing. It was still packed, and uh, uh, you've commented on it. Uh, we are doing that after the first semi final, mm-hmm. so in between both matches. Uh, you have seen the first semi final. It was a really great snooker, mm-hmm. it was a struggle for both of the players, but still the audience was enthusiastic. Always tried to help to motivate the players. We still had a great atmosphere, and that shows uh, how the German snooker uh, fans are thinking.
1: Well, I commentated for two frames actually be Ronnie O'Sullivan, and he said that because he's been coming here a while, obviously, and he said that um, for him, the German fans are the best in the game because he said they, they watch every shot, you know, they're, they're really um, respectful of the players. But clearly, just engrossed. Like you say, it doesn't have to be centuries every frame. They will watch and watch and watch because they just love it. Yeah, thanks, Ronnie. Which is a compliment. (laughs) Thank you. Speaking of of loving the game, Rolf. I mean, you've been doing this a while now. Do you still? Are you still uh, as much in love with snook as you were when you started?
0: Uh, Yes, yes. And uh, if that would be gone, if I would start just to do a job, Mm. that would be the time for me to look uh, for a different job. Mm. Uh, I think we uh, we have to have this feeling also as uh, commentators because we have long programs long matches uh, uh, our audience is supposed to listen to us for hours and hours Mm -hmm. and hours and if you don't have enthusiasm how should your viewer feel or develop any enthusiasm for your program Mm -hmm. for that game Mm -hmm. so you have to have that if that is gone
1: it's over So just to to, to sort of wrap this up then, the future looks good for Snooker in Germany, but I guess the one thing, as you say, that's missing is a player, a world-class player, or even just someone on the tour who who we can see on television and we can follow. Maybe we can can convince Ronnie to take German citizenship. (laughs) Well, I might leave that one to you, Rolf. But uh, anyway, look, it's been great to talk to you, and I, I know a lot of people appreciate what you've personally done for Snooker, so thanks a lot for being my guest. Thank you for inviting me, and thanks to you. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for listening. Cheers.